This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Way Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, writing solo here for the review of Frozen 2. And I'm really excited to give you guys my thoughts about the sequel here today. And uh, before we get into it, of course, make sure that you're following us on all of our social media sites. We're on Facebook and Instagram at the Wait Forward Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Wait Forward Pod. And as far as finding our content, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean and Anchor, pretty much wherever you want to listen to your podcast, we are there. Uh, but yeah, guys, I am, fl- uh, as I mentioned, flying solo for this review because for those of you who do not know, uh, my co-host Eric absolutely detests the existence of the first Frozen movie. He hates it. Um, it's one of the one of his least favorite Disney movies of all time, um, along with. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I would say, which is another movie he doesn't like. So uh, he is not here with me. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing this be reviewing this movie by himself while I viciously try to convince him to go see this one um, and see what, so I can get his thoughts on that. But yeah, guys, we're just going to get right into it. So yeah, Frozen 2 is the sequel to the just ridiculous box office success uh, 2013 film Frozen. Um, I don't think anybody really expected that kind of response or just like I said, worldwide success that the first one had and made over $1.2 billion. It broke a whole bunch of records and yeah, it was, it was really just a, you know, a pop culture phenomenon. And um, the second one has uh, been highly anticipated. Honestly, I think they were kind of backed into a corner and, and really had to do a sequel because of how much money the first one made. I think maybe Disney felt that they had a responsibility to expand on this universe and expand on these characters and to varying de- degrees of success, which is what I'll get into, get into here with my likes and dislikes. And um, yeah, if, if you want to skip some of this and just get to my score, if you haven't seen the movie yet, check the timestamp below. I will put in there exactly when um, I go into just my overall review of the movie and give it a one out of 10 score. Um, but yeah, as always, we'll start with likes here and there'll be no spoilers in this review first and foremost. So for those of you who uh, are afraid of me spoiling anything, I won't get into any of that. So um, we'll start off with the positives. Um, visually, this uh, it really shouldn't be a surprise whatsoever that visually this film is it's gorgeous. It has some beautiful set pieces. It has wonderful animation. And I mean, really the first Frozen, honestly, to this day still holds up very, very well. So I think they definitely felt the need to expand and one up them themselves from the first movie. Um, they, you know, there are parts where, you know, you can see flames overtaking trees, water dripping off of characters. It's It looks fantastic. And really just what you've come to expect from a Disney film at this point you'll have plenty to look at. It's very beautiful. Now, one of the main questions I think a lot of people will have going into this, does the music hold up compared to 
the first one, um, let it go. Uh, for the, for those of you for the, that are also parents, um, prof got played into the ground, uh, <laughs> for the first time around. And for good reason, honestly, it's a great song. Adina Menzel has a beautiful, amazing voice. And honestly, even the Demi Lovato version, I think is pretty good. And I don't think a lot of people give enough credit to her because I think that, the, you know, the poppy version, mainstream version is actually pretty good. Um, if 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 you're a fan of the first one, you'll you'll see a very similar tone and flow in terms of these songs. A lot of them sound pretty similar. They didn't they didn't seem to. I mean, I believe the original sound sound writers came back for this one, and it definitely shows because there there's a. I think a lot of people are going to find a way to put this. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and. You know, why don't you try something else? You really can't have it either way. People are going to find a way to be nitpicky about the music because there are there are a few songs that sound very very similar to the to the first movie. Some things will never change, which is the very first song that comes up in the um, in the movie is is pretty much there. Do do you want to build a snowman? Um, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Everybody gets a turn. Kristen Bell, Adina Manzel, Josh Gad, and Jonathan Groff. Um, they're all back and all. Um, demonstrate their vocal abilities right there in the beginning um but it does follow a very very similar path as the uh, the first one did um the there is so so let it go you know was just this giant beautiful amazing set piece in which anna i'm sorry elsa is declaring that you know this is this is who i am this is me i'm going to finally just embrace that and and um, present myself to the world as who I am, who I have meant to be this entire time. There is not really a song that matches "Let It Go" in terms of the importance and power of it. However, the "Show Yourself," which is the I, I would say is the "Let It Go" of this film, and that features both Adina Menzel and Evan Rachel Wood. Of um, for those of you who re- remember her from Dear Evan Hansen. That is the the moment, um, musically and visually. I think was one of my favorite parts of the movie. It, it looks fantastic. I really enjoyed the the lyrics of this uh, of the song, and th- this is um, it's 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 so good, and uh, it comes in a pretty crucial, important part of the movie as well a little bit later than in the movie than let it go did in its predecessor but still very very good um <laughs> there's a song that Kristoff gets played by jonathan groff who is um you'll recognize his voice and from everything but of course eric and i love him from hamilton um he he, he gets a Kristoff gets his own little set piece kind of in the middle of the film um called lost in the woods and it's i'm not gonna I'm not going to spoil the style in which it is, uh, in which it is presented, but it is one of the funniest parts of the movie. Um, I, I hope that it was intended to be what it is, um, because if they were going for seriousness, then they really missed the point. But it was a fantastic part of the movie, and I, honestly, I was I was laughing so hard, I literally had tears in my eyes. It was, it was so funny, um, very very good, and um, and then even uh, Kristen Bell. As Anna even has a great uh, solo song as well towards the finale of the movie called "The Next Right Thing," and that one is very good, very good too. And uh, really, each and every single 
um, voice actor in this film gets to show off their vocal chops. You know, we are, we, we, and I'm, I'm glad that Jonathan Groff got a little bit more to do here in terms of the music. I'll get into some other things that I didn't like so much here very shortly. Um, and then the last thing that I really, really enjoyed is, uh, the humor. It's, it's very, very funny. I would probably say it's funnier than the first one. Um, it's, uh, it, and a lot of the humor does come from, relying on the first film which you know you can look at another i'll get into that also here very shortly but a lot of the humor is nostalgia based um but it is very good olaf is is true to form i think olaf is one of those characters where you just either really can't stand them or really really love and i and he definitely doesn't he's not held back whatsoever in this film if anything if you if you wanted less olaf you're not going to get that in this one. I'm sorry. He, he's they. Uh, he became one of the most um, iconic and beloved characters in Disney history. They're not going to reel reel the reins on him now. I'm sorry. If you, so, if you didn't like Olaf, you might not like this. But the the humor, I think, across the board, as far as um, Anna, has always been a very smart and witty character. There's a lot of uh, humor aimed at um, kind of like an, an adult relationships that kind of thing. It's really, really funny. Her interactions with Kristoff are really, really good. Um, and then of course, Olaf and Kristoff on their own. Um, fantastic. There are a couple of new characters that are introduced as well. Um, Sterling K Brown, who is in this is us plays a character named Mat- Matthias, who what I would have liked to see a little bit more of, I would have liked to see him fleshed out a little bit more, um, but he did very, very well in his role. And then of course, Evan, Rachel Wood. Um, and her small small roles playing the the mother did very well, and then Alfred Molina actually played the um, also also <laughs> I just cannot combine their names there Elsa and Anna's uh, father in this one, which I don't think that he played in the in the first one. And then there are a couple other characters that are introduced that are not uh, non human characters that are introduced as well. Um, one of them, which is a little um, actually, I won't spoil it, uh, but one of them that is introduced was uh, probably one of the most adorable things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I would die for that character, not to be overly dramatic, but I would die for him, her, or it, just so you guys know. But yeah, those are likes visually fantastic. Music, I think, holds up as far as the first one. Doesn't have that big, giant, let it go inspirational piece, but the music, I think, is good enough to stand on its own. Um, And then the humor, very, very, very good. Um, Yeah. So those are my positives and and likes. So as far as dislikes or opportunities, so we're going to get into a few here. Um, Let me first, let me start off by first saying I 100% enjoyed myself in this movie. And I think ultimately that's what's most important when it comes to movie reviews. You know, some, a lot of, I I see a lot of, a lot of reviews and critics and and people looking at, you know, looking at smaller, looking at, I think too many nitpicky things. What I like to, ultimately rely on is did i did i enjoy myself during this movie i 100 did however that doesn't mean that frozen 2 doesn't have its flaws and there are there are a few honestly um the first one being i, I kind of mentioned this a, little, a moment ago it relies very very heavily on nostalgia and that can be a tricky thing um and i think honestly you're seeing nostalgia is kind of in right now you know uh, we got disney plus that just launched and everybody's going to go back and relive their childhoods and, and share these movies with their with their families and relive them um re-experience them um you have nickelodeon striking up this deal with uh, netflix so that there's going to be new content but also 
hopefully we'll have access to all those old shows we we used to watch. Um, A lot of bands all of a sudden that haven't toured for years are going on reunion tours. You know, nostalgia is very, very in right now. And there are a lot of the humorous moments that do, do rely very heavily on the first movie. Not, not that that's bad in, 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 in most cases, but it does it pretty much consistently throughout the entire movie. Um, it's still, like I said, it's still very, very funny, but it does very much so rely on and lean on that first film, which I think was kind of inevitable. Um, another thing. So a lot of people, I have not watched any avatar or anything like that. But one of the main criticisms I have seen is the story is pretty much a act. It just a, almost a 100% rip, rip off is too, too strong of a term, but that's what they're saying out there is it's a pretty much in a complete rip off to the story to the last airbender. And it's not really original and it's actually a little bit predictable. Now, a friend of mine brought up a very good point. Shout out to Kire. This is a children's movie. It is aimed at children. It's not supposed to be too complex, and I think that's one one thing. Uh, also, when coming to when it comes to reviewing animated movies, it gets a little difficult. These are children's films, okay? Yes, we love Disney. A lot of people, a lot of adults, seem to find their whole personalities engulfed in Disney, which I think is a little weird. But that's a topic for another time. But it is a little predictable, and it's not original whatsoever. Um, especially as an adult, I think you'll be able to really spot the um, not so subtle nuances very, very early on to comparisons to Avatar, as well as being able to point out the quote unquote twists before they happen. Now, the Han twist, and this is a spoiler for the first Frozen, which if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. You'll hope you hopefully have Disney Plus and why are you even listening to this review anyway? Anyway, <laughs> but now the Han, the Han twist in the fr- first Frozen honestly did throw me off guard. It, it, it really did. And um, I there is nothing like that in this. Uh, they, they try to, but they don't succeed. Um, but so, but like I said, kids movie, but very predictable and not original. Another one of my issues, there is not an actual real antagonist slash villain in this movie. Um, now, in Fro- first Frozen, even though it was a little bit later in the film, there was a clear cut bad guy. All right. We, we were rooting against Hans. We were rooting for Hans at first, and then he betrayed us, betrayed all of us. That son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, there are people that say it would have made much more sense for Elsa to be the villain of Frozen 1. Eric, <laughs> that's another, again, another topic for another time, but there is not a true antagonist in this film. And I think it suffers from it just a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there is a, uh, um, a lack of a real villain in this, in the, in this film. And if we had one true villain to root against, I think it would have benefited from quite a bit. Um, the other, the other, um, issue I had was it kind of rushes towards the end. Um, I think a lot of a lot of animated films have this problem where we identify we identify the problem. The hero then has to figure out how to overcome that problem. They figure it out, and then we just take it. We just sprint towards the ending. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's easy to tell a story, especially 
a Disney story. Um, but what I am going to say is compared, uh, like I said, in, in terms of getting from getting from, oh, this is what we need to do to we did it happens a little too quickly for my taste. Um, yeah, now, there are a couple one of the other things as far as, um, you know, I, th- I think. How do I put this? The char- the four the four main characters. Well, I mean, of course, the two main characters are Elsa and Anna, right? And then we have also Kristoff, Olaf, and and the reindeer Sven. There is a point. I guess you can say this is a minus spoiler. So if you want to skip ahead, maybe a couple minutes, do so right now. There is a point, you know, where it seems as if we're going to get an adventure, an adventure with all five of these characters, and then for whatever reason, they are all split apart and i'm not sure what why they did that um because coherently as a unified group they're great individually you start to see the flaws now i think the strongest character is anna i think she's very well-rounded i think she's hilarious and i think there is just an overwhelming overwhelming will to root for her elsa on her own um, can be unlikable at times. I, I can admit that she can be unlikable, but I, I, I enjoy, I have thoroughly enjoyed her story from, for, from one to two, but she, I can see how she can sometimes be unlikable at times. Kristoff is a little weird by <laughs> on his own. And they try, I think they try to expand on his story a little bit more, but then they start saying that, okay, we're going to get, we're going to, we're going to get uh, let you guys get to know this guy a little bit better. And then he just disappears for a long extended period of time. And I was disappointed in that. Um, Olaf is really more there for comic relief. So I'm not too worried about that. Sven is a reindeer. So I shouldn't have included them on says Kristoff, but as a group, they're great individually. That is when their flaws start to shine through. Um, and that was one thing that kind of disappointed me. I was really kind of looking forward to seeing how uh, Elsa and Anna really now is this united team for a full movie um, handled what was going to happen. So, yeah, those are my opportunities slash dislikes as far as the film. And then, like I said, you know, overall, um, did I enjoy the movie? Absolutely. There's I am I'm 100% going to go see it again. Um, I definitely plan on taking my daughter. Uh, my friends that saw it said they would definitely go see it again. And there are moments honestly in this film that it is better than Frozen than the first Frozen. The, I think some of the music is actually a little bit better um even though it lacks that one big let it go moment. Um and then visually, it just, I mean, you can only get better in, in a six-year time span. You know, it's, it's, that's that's just going to, to happen. And then, as I mentioned, I think there are times that it's genuinely funnier than the first film. Um, that does not mean, though, that there were many, many opportunities left on the floor that I think they could have done much, much better. Uh, I think, personally, as I mentioned, when I started, Disney was kind of backed into a corner and forced to make a sequel to this movie. When they and I know for a fact that this was supposed to be as Frozen was was never supposed to be a there was never supposed to be a sequel. But when you make almost a one when you make over one point two billion dollars, you're almost obligated to do so. So that's where we are with Frozen Two. Did we necessarily need it? 
No. Is it enjoyable? 100%. And I think it's definitely worth taking the entire family. So overall, um, I'm going to give this one out of 10 snowflakes. I'm going to give it a solid eight out of 10. Um, and yeah, guys, I definitely recommend going to see it. And I think one, it became a very trendy thing out of nowhere to hate Frozen. And it really because it just became over commercialized. And that's not the first film's fault. It really isn't. So don't even if you got if you grew tired of it, don't let those and you know, don't let that get in the way of you seeing what is, I think, probably one of the better animated films they've made in a very, very long time. I think Toy Story 4 is probably still the best Disney movie I've seen this year. Uh, But this one came very, very close despite its flaws because of, because of how much I enjoyed myself in the movie. That's why it gets an eight out of 10, but it loses two points because of some things that some things that are missing and things that fell short. So that's what I thought guys. So what did you think? Did you see frozen two? What did you think of it? I really want to hear your thoughts. I'm going to do my best and my damnedest to get Eric to go see this movie because, like I said, he he absolutely hates the first one, guys. I can't even really explain to you how much he cannot stand that movie. But, yeah, that is it for, for me, guys. Um, I really appreciate you listening, and thank you for all of the support thus far. We have some really, really cool projects coming up um, and, and a lot of collaborations with other podcasters, and we're excited excited to share those stories with you guys so yeah thank you so much for listening this is the wait for a podcast i'm phil smith aka phil the filipino we will see you next time remember all the up-to-date entertainment news the only phrase you have to remember is wait for it we'll see you next time see you guys this is the wait for it podcast 